Hello, my name is Pete Barron, and on behalf of Salus Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office, the podcast that discusses the lost, the found, and the not very profound. We've been off a bit due to an in-depth cleaning and reorganisation of the office. Frankly, it's not quite itself, but wherever there are people, there are losers. We all lose stuff. Whole weekends if the alcohol is particularly plentiful, but we all find stuff too. Why every day people are finding God, which seems remarkable. Where was he hiding? My guests will be talking about finding, losing and other things, and what they found today. Because this is not just a fake podcast lost property office, not like, say, a desert island that's not real. This is a real university lost and found. I've invited my guests to have a rummage to see what they can find. So let's welcome to this week's intrepid lost propertyer, novelist and comics writer, Al Ewing. Hello. Hi, Al. Um, so you've been downstairs. Yes. Uh, you've had a little look. It's not as full in, as it usually is. Yeah, the, the new Lost Property Office seems quite denuded. It is. Um, and we, there's also a system um, now, and systems obviously are the uh, bane of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, now where there used to be everything used to be kind of lumped into one box, there's now shelves which have books on and shelves which have – there's even a box that just says jewellery on it. So, yeah, I, I delved into that box. Yes, well, it I, caught my eye. It is a particular, it is particularly interesting jewellery there. Um, but before we get onto your items, and you've got a few interesting things in front of you, um, I want to talk a bit about you, Al. Okay. I want to talk a bit about you. Um, I want to ask you first of all, um, in your life up until now, um, what significant item or what things have you lost? What would what would you say the item that you've lost of the most personal or sentimental value to you that really comes yeah, to so mind when you use words like personal, personal and sentimental, sentimental well, or value value or just generally um tell us a story about something you've lost out that's that's what i'm really saying here. right okay um well this is neither personally or sentimentally valuable or valuable valuable but it is the first thing that comes to mind oh, that's good then. in terms of a thing that i have lost mm-hmm. which i would like back someday oh. which is um quite a tatty old monster fun annual Monster Fun. Monster Fun that I found as a child in a charity shop. Now, Monster Fun was, um, I don't know the the range of the, the listenership, but for those unaware of the, the British comics uh, anthology, humour anthology involving uh, hilarious comedy characters, boom, right. of the past yeah, I'm, 50 I'm, years. I'm certainly aware of a number of these, so... Yeah, um, it's Monster Fun was one of those. It was uh, It popped up, I think, during the 70s. And obviously the kind of remit was monsters, uh, a horror theme generally. Fun? I suppose it, did, it, would, it did its best. You, got, you, got, uh, yeah, you get your fun where you can get it, I suppose. I don't actually remember any of the actual fun strips in this thing. Yeah. I remember being very um, I remember being very, very sad when, uh, not in an actual emotionally sad way, but just in a, oh, uh, uh, you know, yeah. mildly sad way. When uh, when I I kind of couldn't find it, I assume it it vanished or was sold or destroyed in some clear out or other. So you found it initially, of course, in, a, in a charity shop. A, not even a charity shop; it might have been a jumble sale. Okay. Like, and how old would you say you were? Oh, I would have been. I would have been quite young. I would have been probably if I was looking for my comics in the the ten p box of uh, jumble sales. I'd have probably been, been about nine or ten. Right, and possibly a school jumble sale, or fate, something like that, or uh, local. Yeah, one. it would have been. It would have been probably in a local, uh, you know, the church hall in my village. Pretty loved, do you think? You think it's been, it'd been around and people had enjoyed it previously to you, or do you think? It'd oh been, yeah, yeah, no, very well, extremely, thumbed. extremely pretty loved. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the cover coming off. Right. Um, because it was an annual, did it have a couple of pages which had like quizzes or crosswords in it, where all those mazes where they may have done it with a pen? Almost certainly. <laughs> 
but the my memories my memories of this are so faded the reason i wanted it back Mm. the reason it is lost rather than just vanished from my consciousness like you know so many other things that i i no longer have and don't miss um is there was one story in it which was a kind of it was like an adventure story kind of drawn in in an adventure style right um these annuals they they quite often do this. They'd have like all the humor strips with like I don't know King Kong as a schoolboy or what would uh, that be called? Uh, King Kong Junior, probably Kong. Kid Kong, Kid, Kid Kong. Kong. And adventure. So you're saying this is drawn in the adventure style, so that means small noses. Small noses. <laughs> that's, that's uh, small noses. Small feet. Some measure of realism. Uh, Roy of the Rovers. Right. Because so, I remember discovering this when I when I was in Belgium in the Belgian uh, Bandersenay yeah, Museum. That it's very very clear Grand. that the funny strips characters big have big noses, style. big noses. Uh, anything serious? Small noses. Say so Tintin, small nose. Smurfs, big nose. When I went to the the comics museum in Ungulem, um the I was amazed that uh, this was a while back. They've they've moved it around since. They've changed it completely. But uh, back then, the top floor was a kind of the history of comics art and the different, mm. the various different styles, and they categorised it all into different styles. And one of those styles was a uh, Bigfoot, right? Which was all you know, big, big feet, big noses. Yes. Anyway, I, I digress, sorry. Uh, this adventure story, I again, I remember very... I've boiled my memory of this entire annual down to, like, one... One strip. Well, not even one strip, one panel. Okay, that's quite significant. <laughs> and, uh, so, but it's a... It's, an a kill, oddly, it's a killer panel. It's a killer panel. This, it, from what I remember, this adventure strip involved three, three schoolboys. Mm-hmm. Um... One of whom was very tall and thin. Right. Like like a beanpole. He may have been called beanpole. It's the kind of nickname you would have in the 70s. Yeah. The other the other two completely vanished from my mind. <laughs> but beanpole is important here, obviously. Beanpole is important here. Because the the strip involved some sort of mad scientist building giant monsters or possibly robots. I that's, can't remember. That's what mad scientists do. He may not even have been a scientist. There's no telling. <laughs> yes, it's unclear. Um, but one thing I do remember is that at some point the... The three schoolboys had to investigate a mysterious hole okay. that led into the ground okay. and was only wide enough for beanpole. Ah, yes, poor old beanpole. And I remember this panel, which, you know, I, my memory returns to again and again, and I think I must have read this, like, a hundred times more than any of the other strips. Right. Of, like, beanpole sort of writhing like a worm <laughs> down this, into this rocky gap. Okay, this little, little gorge-like thing, or pot, yes. like, like potholders do as well, when yeah, they really push themselves... It's, you know, through the magic of comics, we had yeah. a kind of cutaway. Oh, and it's going down the page. Or... So the whole, most of the panel was black, apart from this thin streak of white. Oh, nice. And in the middle of it, like, beanpole, like, wriggling along and thinking, it's getting thinner. <gasps> if it gets any thinner, I'll be trapped down here. Forever? Well, I suppose well, that's a subtext until really he died. Nice. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, that's an image that's... It's quite disturbing. It's an image that's stuck with me. And I'd like to, I'd like to have this monster fan yeah. annual back. Just so I can see what context this was in. <laughs> Where he was going, why I, he was going there. I'm pretty sure at the age of, like, 12 or 13, you know, when um, when I first realised that it was lost. Mm. And, you know, no longer in the house. Um, that was that was my main reason for wanting yeah. it back, was because I wanted to read that particular strip. The rest I could take or leave. And it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because when, when it's something like that, you know, particularly something that's been picked up in a jumble cell, you go, mm. I want, where is my thing? And everyone else in the house will be going... Why? We why? It. Yeah, we <laughs> we were particularly concerned about beanpole falling down a small hole. It was, uh, you know, it's we destroyed it. Yes, <laughs> um, if it gets any thinner, I'll be stuck here forever. Yeah, it's um, so and there, uh, it's it's something that's stuck with me. I mean, I watched the descent. Yeah, that, terrific um, movie. Yeah, 
Yes, yeah. it was a, a really scary film, possibly more, made more scary. Yes, because of childhood <laughs> memories of, of Bebo, indeed, who had been dead. The second part, so not so good. Um, uh, I so, didn't, I didn't watch the second part. So. Not, it, it really yes. is a rerun. It, it's it's the bit where at the beginning they send down a party of people to find the original party, and they decide somehow to send down a whole party of women again. Uh, which is when when you think, okay, you've you've noticed what made the first one quite good. Yeah, you've start, shamelessly followed it to the does letter. Does it start anyone at all who was in the first one? Is anyone found? Uh, yes, they find. Uh, no, I don't know. Do they? Do they find one of the earlier characters, but played by a different actress? No, okay. that that definitely not doesn't happen. But um, no, I don't think any of the originals because none no. of the originals survive, or do they? Depending on the ending you see. Mm. But um, yes, uh, interesting on on that one. I saw this morning, um, Wreck Free. The uh, third, the second sequel to the Spanish zombie uh, horror, found footage zombie horror film, Wreck. Yeah. And what's interesting about Wreck 3 is that it takes place at the same time as the original Wreck, but in a different place, in a wedding. And it's like the directors walked around the wedding and gone, how can we have an excuse to put a chainsaw in a wedding? How can we have an excuse to put a sword in a wedding? And so on. And so The, the sword is easier to put in a wedding. Much easier than the chainsaw. But yes, there is there is there is the shot where you know the, the entire film has been building up to the bit where the bride is standing there with a chainsaw with blood splattered up the the, the wedding dress, sawing a zombie in half. You think you could have just shown that? That would be it. You that was the starting image. That was that. They worked backwards. That's what the film is all about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the rest of the film is worthless. Anyway, mm. um, talking about zo- no, not talking about zombies. <laughs> um, uh, you've lost something. What have you found that? Um, um no. To clarify, is this something that I have found that I previously lost, or something that I no, found that someone else something previously you lost? found that someone else has lost? Okay, in that case, um, I mean, you a, can do both if you want, but we'll, we'll do that one first. Everything that I found that I've previously lost is other annuals <laughs> from my childhood, <laughs> but not Monster Fun. Not Monster Fun, no Pow Pow, featuring oh. a recolored Nick Fury. Um, but this is the kind of thing that on the radio means nothing. Yes, so. fair enough. Uh, Even in print, yeah, I'll, it's um, little. But I wait till I wait till I, I get home and then scan it and put it on Tumblr. And yes, people can. People love that stuff. Be amazed. Uh, but something uh, I found in the street um, uh, with my girlfriend was a cake tray. A cake tray. A cake tray with the those two tiered kinds. Okay, so like a wedding cake. One yeah, one. maybe maybe from Betty's. Right. Who knows? But it was perched on a bollard. Right. And it was just missing a little. A, a little section of the bottom plate, like right. um, it wasn't. It wasn't cracked. It was just like uh, imagine an eclipse. I can yes. Uh, so a kind of crescent section had like oh, right, so been locked bit, off the rim. A small bit nibbled out of it. Yeah, by, exactly. by a perfectly round mouth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That is that is what <laughs> how that would work. That is what must have happened. Yes. Um, um, so we. we and what we time of day was it? It was night. It right, was night like time. post pub kicking right, up. Right. So. Okay. So. We were just wandering back and we saw this and, you know, it had a little grime on it, but it yeah. was nothing that wouldn't come off in the wash. Absolutely, yeah. And we sort of we sort of took it took it home and washed it and we we used it a couple of times. We made little little cakes. Tiny and... little sandwiches, yeah. little cakes. Nice. Um, cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> well it, it's always nice to live as the other half lives. Yes. Well. <laughs> the cucumber sandwich is a surprisingly disappointing sandwich. It's, um, it needs not, something extra. Actually to be fair, it's not a surprisingly disappointing sandwich. It's a cucumber sandwich, and it's a sandwich yeah. that's just got cucumber in it. I mean, the the butter, the salt in the butter yeah. is 
almost enough to make it work. But the more butter you put on, yeah. the more salt you get, which improves the cucumber, but the more butter you get, which makes it sort of greasy, greasy and yeah. weird and kind of... It is an odd thing, you know. As, as a child, obviously, we'd have cucumber in cheese sandwiches and other things. And mm. I often read about the cucumber sandwich uh, in posher literature, and I just wondered whether or not they were so scared of flavour that they, they only had this. Or there's something dainty about it that is... The thing is, cucumber's really good in chunks. Yeah. But... The traditional cucumber sandwich, it's like it's sliced as thin as possible. Yeah, wafer thin. So you get nothing. Just It's just like a wafer of water, yeah. if such a thing could exist, which I'm pretty sure it could. I, I associate it with um, pack lunches on, like, car trips. Yeah. You know, heading to the ferry. It seals, Eat it, your cucumber it, sandwich. It seals in a degree of moistness, but it's still a, a wet yeah. vegetable. Um, but anyway, so you had this, this cake yes, tray, this which, which doubles up as a sandwich uh, platter. I, yeah. Um, uh, we've used it a couple of times. It's now in the kitchen. We don't want to get rid of it. No. No, it's, it we, would be wrong to. We use it... I mean, I, no, we had the perfect excuse to use it recently, and we didn't. Mm. Uh, you know, we were throwing a party. We had nibbles. Those nibbles could have used the tray. Use the tray. Is it, is it decorated in any way? I mean, the, the, the... Yeah, it's got it's got some sort of uh, pattern on it, which would be at home in Betty's. Right. Okay. <laughs> so are you, are, you, are you tempted to take it to Antiques Roadshow when it's next in town? Uh, I'm tempted to take it to a bollard. Okay. <laughs> Do you think maybe you, you, you own it for a year and then you put it back on the bollard or a different maybe bollard? Maybe it's like, it's like free cycling. Yeah. Um, take it to a bollard, dust it with you know a patina of grime. It or might be it might be centuries old. Perhaps it's haunted, and if you if you have it for too long, doubt it is. We've had it for <laughs> we've had it for something like three years now. Well, I, 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 I'm just thinking the the potential people who could be haunting it with that that uh, bitten out pattern could be uh, Eclipso or something like that. Yes, well, Eclipso is a particularly would. poor um, supervillain. He had he had his heyday in the nineties. He had one annual crossover. They pushed him, didn't they? They pushed they him were, big time. They were desperately trying. They were thinking, "We'll do the Vertigo thing. We'll yeah. do the Vertigo thing." And we'll um, should we explain your eclipse? Yes, yeah, so we probably should. Yeah, his his shtick is basically he's a he's a possessed spirit of vengeance or something like that. Well, his shtick back in the in the seventies um, or possibly even the sixties was hero and villain in one man. Ah, which is kind of a, a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yes, in that whenever there's an eclipse, right? Solar scientist Bruce Gordon turns into Eclipso and goes on the rob. But eclipses don't happen very often. Yeah, and, and, certainly and, not once a month. More importantly, eclipses are very predictable. They're more, they're even more predictable than full moons. I mean, it's like the werewolf stick, but where you turn into a werewolf once every five I'm, years. I'm kind of wondering if they. I've got a big. I've got the best of Eclipso at home. Mm. They, there was. They did enough Eclipso stories to make one of those phone books. Yes, those 500 yeah, pages 500 of black, black and white, white digest type. Yeah, things. reprinted digest. I've got one of those at home. I got about halfway through it. Yeah. I remember thinking of it in the shop and saying, oh, this will be good. <laughs> well, um, yeah, who knows where inspiration strikes from. Anyway, I think it's probably time we played some music. Yep. Um, so uh, one of the things that was kind of really short of down there at the moment is any music, but there was a spindle with a number of CDs on it. Mm, which, all dated. Yes. And with the number 22, 22 and a colon, and then two years and a hyphen between them. So this is 22 colon 1982 to 1983. And I picked this. Yeah. Uh, it might just be computer data on here. I doubt it. I picked this because um, 1983 is the first year I consciously remember as a year. Okay, well, this CD is just reading at the moment. Let's see if it's uh, going to be in any way... Um, uh, Can we... Oh, 19 tracks on it. Which, which track number do you want? Um, I, Shall we... Lucky 13? See what that is? Okay, lucky 13. Um, let's see if we're on a fade to start. Okay. 
so sweet. She makes my heart I just give a big. My girl's the best, and that's no lie. She tells me that I'm her only guy. That might be true, but my girl's a joy. She don't play around. She's like to the point. My girl's like candy, a candy tree. She loves me high up on my feet. Well, that's uh, clearly Candy Girl, my new edition. Um, it always strikes me when this is that song. It starts so high because obviously he's a child and has a high pitched voice. That when they kind of aim for a key change and try to go up a bit at the end, it really does become really intolerable. Uh, yeah, it is. And this is before yeah. um, this is before they had auto tune, so that actually is his voice. Or if it isn't, it's so just sped it's, up. So it's not a it's not a comedy hamster. No, it it's, really is. It's a real human. It really is um, Bobby Bobby Brown or. One of the other members of New Edition. I'm, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I went through listening all of that just mm. now, thinking it was the Jackson 5. <laughs> so Jackson 5, much better. I mean, it's not a bad... Candy Girl's a fine song, but it's not... It has, it's a little bit... It's annoying. a bit Jackson 5 light, isn't it? It is, it's a bit Jackson 5 light. Yeah. And this is when, you know, but at this point in time, we if it, this is 83, I guess. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, the number... Eight, numbers 1982 to 1983 really did, did, does respond to the year, I think, so... That's, so we know that's where, that's the ballpark we're playing in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 1983. I remember. I have memories of 1983 going on for years. Mm. So it went, um, it went on, well. It was a long year compared to the years we get these days. So I, I don't. I don't know if that means that you know my my time sense was developing during <laughs> during that year. But uh, it is it is possible. Um, talk about the various senses. Next question on my list is um, about being lost. Um, I was I was very briefly lost on the way here. Oh, yeah. Not not to the to the studio. I on the was, way to London. Um, on the way to London because of the new King's Cross. Ah yes, yes. The, the new all entrance. new, all now King's Cross. Yeah, it's an exciting, it's an exciting place. Yeah, it's completely different from any memory I've I've ever had of it before. And they've, they've put up some kind of helpful signs that it's, say you know Victoria Line this way. But yeah. uh, I didn't spot those at first. That so when, I was, so like, when, you around. particularly got lost when you were in the underground or when you no, got it off was, the train. No, it was well. between the train and the underground. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, uh, you know, it was this was literally 30 seconds of lostness. It wasn't proper loss. As, as someone who uses the area quite a bit, um, the changes... Have, I mean, the, the new building and the new bits are all lovely, but the uh, the changes to the tube station are intolerable uh, if you if you don't remember where you are. Because in the old days, there's, there's, there's a couple of routes in and out where they signpost you to a longer route mm. because they want everyone to use the longer routes. Because if they... I think it's almost as if the, if the longer route if people don't use the longer route, there's no point building it. Now, my no. line is that there was no point building the longer route, but it goes to the back bit of some pancreas and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yes, I can I can understand yeah, why they did it. But well, I can understand why they did. I can understand why they did it. I can understand your your frustration um, in in that. Maybe forum. maybe before they put those signs up, the shorter route was a terrible bottleneck. There was. Oh, and and as we know, I mean, there is, there is history of King's Cross having yeah. a terrible bottleneck. Yeah, right. um, which I believe I've mentioned on the show before because I uh, travelled through Kings Cross on that fateful day, oh, so okay. about half an hour before um, the fire. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but but other times you've been lost, um, more serious lostness. More serious lostness. Uh, I I definitely have been lost. There was one time 
we were lost in some woods. Right. Uh, I went for a walk with um, some friends. Mm. Uh, basically, last year, at some point, the year before last, mm-hmm. uh, I read that issue of McSweeney's, mm-hmm. which was the um, the kind of newspaper issue, the one where they were trying to do a newspaper. Oh, yes, I remember that one, yeah. Um, which is brilliant. You know, highly recommend getting that off Amazon if they still sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great newspaper. It's a shame <laughs> they only did one. Yes, but hey, The main know. point of the newspaper there... <laughs> Lost, really. They uh, didn't go yeah. in, yeah. But the, in the magazine section, there was an article about doing the... Um, I'm going to get this completely wrong, but a pilgrimage in Spain. I think it's called the, the Campasella. That's right, yeah. It's the one that goes to uh, San... Oh, I've been there as well. <laughs> yeah. You talk about it. The one in the north. It's in the north-east. Um, in Donostia, San, was, San Donostia, yeah. Um. I was thinking, oh, I should do this. I should take a month and a half mm. and do the campsite. And this is, you know, I never do travelling. Yeah, um, I'm not, not particularly religious. It's not something I do. I just thought, you know, this is this sounds like a really great thing to do. And, you know, it had helped me lose some weight and it had... You know, it'd knack up my feet forever, and these are all things I want to do. <laughs> and it's something you say you've done, and, and you can yeah. reconnect to your spiritual and, side. But rather than say I've done it, I was like, I sort of said, you know what, I should do this. And I, I kind of got books about roots, and I got a pair of walking boots, yeah. which, you know, I still use occasionally, so, you know, it wasn't a waste. Um, <laughs> but walking boots, you have to break in. Well, yeah, so I was, and I eventually realised that I just wasn't going to do this thing, because to take a month and a half on a pilgrim trail mm. with no internet. yes does not fit with they do my have, career. They do have the internet in Spain. They do have the internet in Spain, but the trouble is um, my kind of... There has never been a point in the last... I Maybe 10 years ago I could have right. done it, but there has never been a point in the last four or five years where I have had a month and a half which has not involved at least several days all day writing. Yeah. I mean, I can sort of... I could see myself, you know, walking a few miles... Mm. But even even walking between stations where I could sleep, uh, that would not leave enough time in the day to write. Yeah. But of course, you, these days with um, uh, with voice recorders and so on, you can write whilst walking. Oh, you yeah, know. but then I have to type it up. Oh, you, yeah, there's there's software that does that for you. It <laughs> yes. will. It may even improve the words you pick. Like you know, <laughs> uh, instead of honeycomb, you would. Why would you I can say honeycomb? see. I don't know why I went, went for honeycomb there. I can see my. I can <laughs> see my comic career going in a Grant Morrison direction. <laughs> yes, indeed. The, uh, oh, the I mean, spell checker takes I mean, over. In 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 every comic, you know, um, the if we're talking about the comic writing, not not necessarily novels, but the in every comic, there's at least four or five panels where you're looking at sound effects. So if you did all the sound effect panels while you were walking, that's quite easy. And just did the dialogue when you stopped walking. Yeah, that, that yeah. that's a division of labour. I'm sure it works like there'll that. There'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of sound effects that sound like puff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone is exhausted. That's cool. Yes. And, so, anyway. but if you were writing, if you were writing, say a dread trip where he was doing the long walk, it would be perfect. Um, you get you get heading, but uh, it would be perfect. But it's been done. It's been several done. Times. Exactly, it has been done. Well, it's, um, it's been done, as you say, it's been done several times. No anyway, reason for it not to be done again. The fact is, the fact is, I, uh, there were many, many excuses not to do it, but the main one was that I just didn't want to go to Spain yeah. for a month and a half away from everyone I know and put myself through a strenuous physical ordeal. <laughs> I can see that. You know, you know, and you know, I, I, I wised up. You know what I do in this situation? I do, this, this is the exact same conversation I have yeah. about the marathon. You know, I'm going to do the marathon this year. You know, everyone's going to do it once in their lives. Like, I don't do the marathon because I know I can. I know that if I wanted to do the marathon, I have got the fortitude and 
bloody mindedness and peace of mind that I would train and I would do it. So why do it? Because a lot of people say, I just wanted to prove I could do it. Well, I don't need to prove I could do it because I know I could do it. Technically. Yeah, exactly. Your, your body is physically capable <laughs> exactly. of doing it. And I've walked like 23 miles in a day, so yeah. running a bit faster. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like walking. It's uh, Generally, I like walking if there's something at the end of it, like yeah. a shop or yeah, a pub. A pub or, yes. uh, but this was, this was the idea. That it's we those, had. It's those times when you go, when, when friends say, oh, let's go on a walk today. And you go, okay, yeah, I've got this route, it's great. And then you get like four miles into it, go, there is a stop for a pub halfway or something like that. And they go, oh no, the pub's at the end, 10 miles away. And at yeah. that point, you get grumpy for the rest. It was it was one of those walks yeah. that we got lost on. Right. And um, where, where were the woods? The woods were, they're sort of on, on the outskirts of York somewhere. We kind of driven to this amazing walk mm. and then, you know, walked around <laughs> it, done the whole walk, decided we don't want to go to the pub yet. We've only done four miles. <laughs> Sounds foolish to me, but okay. It's insane. And then we kind of wandered off uh, down our track again. Mm. We realised it was getting dark. We didn't particularly want to, it was a very boring way that we'd come down some road. Yeah. And it was a very, and we just felt, you know, this is quite, this is quite dull. What we'll do. Is we'll you know we've we'd kind of I'm miming a triangle here. Yes, he is. Yeah, <laughs> we'd we'd kind of gone down two sides of an acute triangle, mm -hmm. the long sides. Yes, and we were thinking, well, we yeah, don't want to be a shortcut. There's we don't want to go back. There's a shortcut easily yeah, yeah, through these woods. Yeah. So we went and we set off through the woods, and you know it was starting to get dark. So there was a there was a time factor. Mm. Um, ironically, if we'd gone along the road, you know, there would have probably been lights there, even if there yes. were any headlights. Speeding, <laughs> yeah, speeding headlights as you go, but you know how to do that. So. Well, you know, yeah. No, that that bit where you try and triangulate in your head uh, as as towny folk. And the, yeah, and the the terrain basically got incredibly steep uh, to the point where we could scramble up this uh, this incredibly steep hill. Going down again would have been impossible, yeah. so we were committed uh, to go down again. We would have tripped on a route or something, and. That would have been it, you know, at the very least, a tangle of bruises and brambles at the bottom. Yeah. And red faces somewhere along the line, I dare well, say. we say red faces because right at the top of this thing, there was mm -hmm. like a boulder fence and a kind of thorn bush. Right. And that was the moment when I tripped and fell face first into Ooh. it. And it was kind of, there was a lot of, um, I got a quite a bloody scratch on my forehead. I... Thank goodness for my glasses. Yes, they, they saved quite, your eyes. You know, quite happy to uh, to not lose my my high <laughs> yes. eyeballs there. Indeed, but you made it back in the end. Um, the yes, and and after that, that was uh, a very well earned pub meal. Yes, <laughs> which then negated all of the gains yes. that we'd made. Well, the game the gains were an adventure and yes, excitement, true. and it's true. good to know. Real adventure sometimes, if you have to yeah. write about it in real life in in, no, in no, fiction. Sometimes. <laughs> I felt I felt very satisfied when we were at the top of that hill and when we climbed over the barbed wire fence and when we knew where we were. Yes. Uh, I was extremely satisfied. Right. I'm going to now ask you about what you found downstairs. Yeah. Um, you've got two items there. I would think, let's start with the jewellery because, as you intimated earlier, what exactly is this thing? It's fascinating is what it is. It's basically, I'm going to try and describe it in words... That's, good. That's not, a good way of doing it. I may, not be a, I may have to resort <laughs> to sound. It sounds my work as well. Um, what it is, is it's, at first glance, it's a breast cancer ribbon. Yeah. But it's it's a breast cancer ribbon made of a kind of pink zip that's mm. been folded in on itself. So you've got these gold, these gold teeth of the zip. And then attached to the zipper, which has been sort of fixed in place, there's... 
instead of the kind of the tag of the zipper we've got these miniature gold chains and a, a golden J with a crown on it Ooh. and sort of glistening studs it's like you know if the joker had a giant J with a crown this <laughs> Which, would be I'm sure he has someone on the line but yes this would be the one and then uh, it took me a while to work out there's another another chain running from it and a kind of a kind of medallion um, one of those medallions that's just sort of letters joined together maybe okay not. yeah Reading in a very gothic font that was quite hard to decipher. It looks like love T and P. Love T and P. So love T and P. T and P. So an ampersand or T and P. It's an ampersand. Yeah. So um, not tanned P. So uh, so Tony and Paula. Yes, Tony and Paula possibly. Apparently, I looked this up on the on the internet. I don't know if that's against the rules. No, that's no, fine. I, 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 I like a little bit of it. I typed the word uh, love T and P into Google. And what do you get? Um, it's not T and P. It's G and P because the designers. Oh. It's something like Juicy Couture, which is oh, the J. Oh, okay. But it's just this is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I mean, I will take a photo and it will be on the website. It is hideous. Um, and, and I'm not surprised it hasn't been picked up from Lost Property. Um, yeah, the pink, the pink is... I don't know where it's supposed to attach. I don't know if you meant to like attach it with a safety pin like a real... I mean, uh, I, I, I just wonder. Ribbon, I wonder yeah. if I wonder if it is a breast cancer ribbon, and that's what it is, and it's just you know, it's just a fancy one, and one one would wonder therefore. Well, this has been this has been made by a designer. Yes, exactly, and one wonders if Juicy Couture is selling this gaudy uh, breast cancer. How much money are they making out of it, and how much money is going to breast cancer? Yeah, awareness? are the profits going to breast cancer awareness? Is it is it some sort of statement about? Uh, because the ribbons are for awareness, using, not for raising money, aren't they? They they do raise money, but they are also for awareness. The whole point they're is they're mostly for awareness. Breast you cancer get awareness. you get into some very sticky situations when you have charities that are about raising awareness. Yes, um, there's one in particular that uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say its name because I'm not 100 percent sure I've got the right one. Okay, and this is a huge slander. <laughs> okay, so there is a charity. There is a charity in America that is ostensibly a breast cancer charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it raises a lot of awareness of breast cancer, which is good because you need to check. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't actually give any money to any, any breast, cancer, yeah. breast cancer research yeah. places. So it's entirely raising awareness. Right. And also it's quite, I've heard they're quite anti-Planned Parenthood. Right. Which is another yeah. big raise of awareness about a lot of things. Well, we had a, we had a big big and one on that with mine when mine was on here. We uh, oh, talked, okay. talked a lot about uh, there was a uh, a uh, anti-abortion American style anti-abortion um, lobby group that was knocking around in London. That she was protesting yeah. on the other day. So a lot of that stuff going on. So um, yeah, no, they're very they're really hammering away at Planned Parenthood in the states. Well, in it's, yeah, and it's, quite it's the the idea that you would tie one to the other as well, and you would you know, yeah, um, and you know, it's about awareness rather than and and. In many ways, that particular brooch raises more awareness than the standard breast cancer ribbon. Well, you're going to look at it. You're going to it's look at it. Gonna... You're going to think, what on earth is it? And then you're going to think, oh, it's breast cancer awareness. A standard a standard ribbon might, you know, just glance off you. Yeah, if you that's, that's I mean. messing your head. But unfortunately, you may go, that's for breast cancer awareness. At the same time, the person who's wearing it, bit of a knob. Well... Are they mocking breast cancer awareness? <laughs> that, that is that is, is a it, question. Is it a mockery <laughs> it of may, breast cancer awareness? It, I, I, it may be. I'm not sure. Anyway, I think I we've... kind of feel like as as kind of um, 
I don't know, maybe maybe through a... It's, I feel like I need to I need to show this to as many people yeah, as possible well, don't worry, the photo, and get their take on it. The photo will be on on, on the website. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I've got yeah. my phone out. I'm gonna take a photo take, of this right now. Well, and you take a photo of that. We'll play another and song. And then later, after uh, after we leave the studio, I'll put it up on Tumblr. We'll we'll play another song. Which which track would you like now from the 19 here? Um, well, in 1983, I would have been six. So let's play track six. Okay, let's see what we get with that track six. <laughs> the first time I think on uh, Lost Property Office we've had an album with songs we actually know on it um, this is clearly David Bowie's uh, Let's Dance uh, yep true which um, uh, I played at a wedding very recently and always that's, goes down well yep it's a, a solid record it is the perfect wedding song you remember Bowie when you were when you were young what, what are your um, first memories yeah. of Bowie first memories of Bowie was probably 
really being into Ashes to Ashes. Because uh, uh, yes. I think I think Tom got a copy of that, and um, we were both flabbergasted by it. One of those videos as well, you know, one of those things where they're uh, super saturated colours and all that kind of I stuff. I don't remember the video. Um, well, it won't be that then. <laughs> the, first, the first video I remember is probably Aha. Ah, really? Yes, well, and, and locked you into your career yeah. for the rest of your yes, life. Yes, exactly. That and, that and Beanpole. <laughs> <laughs> Beanpole and the evil racer from... from yes. uh, oh. What's, what's going on in his comic now, I wonder? <laughs> is he still chasing him? Is Mags and Morton still well, helping his, him out? His comic is very boring now. It's just people standing around with wrenches <laughs> yeah. waiting for him. Did you actually see the sequel to that video? Um, I saw that with the beginning of the uh, beginning, Son of Always Signs on TV yeah. when he turns back into yeah. the comic cover, which is great. It's, yeah, nice, nice sad ending there. Yeah, let's not have any happy endings for Aha. Yes, no. that's not what we want to do as a band, creatively. <laughs> exactly. So, next thing, uh, I always ask people to grab a book from downstairs. Yeah. You've got more than a book. It was a choice between, I mean, I... There was mostly terrible books. Yeah. They were mostly like business secrets of the pharaohs, yes. essentially. I wish if that had been down there, I'd have got it. But they're mostly like... The main business secret of the pharaohs, I think, is die with all your money. But... Yeah, second module in economic <laughs> studies. They yeah. all had titles like that. Except for The Great Gatsby and this, which is A Modern History of Japan, second edition by Andrew Gordon, which mm. looks like quite a dry textbook. It's got quite a nice cover picture, though. You know, it's got a so. very lovely cover picture. It's all orange clouds, psychedelic orange clouds over uh, a mixture of kind of uh, ancient and modern Japanese architecture from mm. what I can see and various tiny figures milling around. Lovely. However. Yeah, what caught my eye is that it's sealed. Yes, it is. In By two elastic bands pretending me from open it and entwined in these elastic bands is a forbidden ring. It's, it is a, a really quite... Um, ominous looking ring, isn't it? Yeah, with like a single black stone, which uh, a barely... A black diamond. No, it's not a black diamond. No, not a... We're <laughs> back to Eclipse. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. It's a single black circular stone, which, which barely Onyx. reflects anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try... I've, I'm yeah, don't do it, don't do it. I'm slipping it on my don't finger. Don't slip the ring on your finger. I've... I'm... You're, you've got the ring <laughs> stuck on... You've got the ring stuck on your finger now. My finger is beanpole. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> No, I've got the ring off. Yes, I've yes. got the ring off, listen. Nothing. When you had the ring on, did you feel any dark thoughts, any ominous? You didn't vanish. Um, I didn't vanish. I wasn't transported to Japan. I didn't. No. I didn't have any thoughts about Japan. No. Um, it's it's an either it's an ordinary ring or it's you know it's not night. It's quite a sunny day. Yes. It's not midnight. We're not. No eclipse. No eclipses are happening. Um, uh, I, no danger nearby. You, know, you don't know the special incantation to use. It I have to, no... It's not the Eye of Agamato. I have no or, lightning-shaped scars anywhere no. on my body. It's, it just you know, it just isn't going to work for you. It's not going to work it's for It's not going to work for you. Um, so basically, on the one hand, I'm, I'm torn now. What's it we, say on the back of the book then, yeah? Do you want me to read the whole blurb? Not the whole blurb. Well, maybe press E. Um... Yeah, A Modern History of Japan from Tokugawa Times to the Present, second edition, paints right. a richly nuanced and strikingly original portrait of the last two centuries of Japanese history. It takes students from the days of the shogunate, the overlordship of the Tokugawa family, through the modernising revolution launched by mid-level samurai. Mid-level? Is it, it suddenly turns into a role-playing game or something? Mid-level samurai. I'm taking a close look at this. <laughs> It is mid-level. Yeah. It's not medieval, it's mid-level. Yeah, mid-level. mid-level samurai. <laughs> well, it wouldn't make sense to be medieval, 19... so yeah. Mid-level samurai in the late 19th century. Yeah. Ah, here we go. Yeah. The adoption of Western hairstyles, clothing, and military organisation, and the nature's first experiments with mass democracy after World War One. 
This actually sounds like a really... It does, it, well, it sounds very interesting, yeah. It's one of the things we study here at SAR. So, yeah, yeah uh, so... You're going to break one into hand, it? On the one hand, I like the mystery of keeping it closed. Yeah. Um, and it's... That but said, on the though, other hand, you're gonna I'm breaking it. <laughs> it open right now. And we're doing it without breaking the rubber band, so we can always put it back on. Yeah. But as, as, as I was saying off air, um, I'm always wary when books are sealed, because it may be that they're hiding some evil... And the evil that I can see from this distance is a lot of orange highlighting. A lot of this has been highlighted. Um, is there notes on the inside front page in orange highlights? Yes, there are. Is and it an incantation? Author, book content, you might need structure. To, you might need to put the ring on for okay, this just I'm to gonna, check if it is I'm the I'm going to put the ring on and read the orange highlighter <laughs> yes. incantation, which is author, book content, structure, purpose and arguments, <laughs> likes... Dislikes reviews, and I'm, I'm now trying to charge the ring. <laughs> having the recited power. the oath, yes, I think we might still need an eclipse for it to work, but um, I'm not sure it's working. No, I'm, I'm trying to create a giant boxing glove. <laughs> oh, yes. Pos- it is a black, black ring. lantern ring. It's yes. a black ring. Possibly, I need to be dead. Yeah. Ah, yes. Well, <laughs> um, so <laughs> now I'm trying to get it off. It's hungry. <laughs> it's not, yes. Now I'm oh, trying to get it off again. Well, there you go. I'm on, I mean, I'm on History of Japan, it's... Uh, heavily highlighted. Heavily highlighted. Um, here's one of the bits that highlighted. are highlighted. Commoners were to be the object of political action, not actors in their own right. That's good to know. A good ruler kept the common people alive, but barely. Possibly this is somebody who's <laughs> He's thinking about... making plans. <laughs> hence the ring, hence making, the ceiling of the yeah. book. It's all, it's all in there somehow, it's... Making some making some useful plans. There are um, vir- there are villa- villain origins which are less thought through than getting a book out of the library. The and highlighting the highlight. Oh no, wait, no. The highlighting stops about halfway through the book. Right. So well, yeah, maybe when they lost it. It's yeah. It's feudal Japan that he wants to not feudal Japan. The the shogunate. Yeah, the shogunate. That shogunate he wants period to, before the mid level samurai. Yeah, got before on. the mid level. <laughs> he gets the mid level samurai, and it's like non interested. Yeah, well, here's that bit. Once you've once you've been playing a game for about twenty hours, and you're like level yeah. ten, you, when you're mid level, it's a lot of grinding. You you immediately create another character. Yeah, it's much more fun again. But it's easy, you know. I, I play a lot of superhero. Yeah. MMOs, or yeah. I did. They're mostly dead now. Um yes. I played City of Heroes for possibly longer than I should have, seeing as it was costing me. You know, More six than, quid yeah. a month. Yes. Or so. Um, but and I, I did manage to finagle my way into a legally free uh, forever subscription to right. Champions Online. So I, I pop into that occasionally. Yeah. And what have you discovered? Uh, that I very rarely get characters past about level 10 or so. Yeah. It gets dull at that point. It's well, you just want to make more. You just think, oh, I've had a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> this, this and, you know, I only, have, I only have so many hours in the day to... <laughs> well, as you pointed out earlier, you've got yeah. all the writing to do. And... Exactly. I only have so many hours in the day to um, to play games on. And the internet's stretching off. And I don't really like other people on the internet. No. I, I must admit, the, 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 the attraction of multiplayer games seems yeah. low to me. Because I find that as much as the AI in many games is tedious and dull... It doesn't get anywhere think, near how think, rubbish actual people can be on the internet. I think the low point is that I've um, I've played Rock Band mm-hmm. every every iteration of it, and I have you know I have all the instruments. I'm not proud of that, it's, <laughs> but it is a thing. Uh, it's a an unnecessary expense given the amount of Rock Band parties I actually have. <laughs> but you know I, I do play it a lot. It's um, it's very enjoyable. But I don't really play multiplayer anymore. Ever since my TV called me a fagot. A fagot. A fagot. Are you fagot? Uh. <laughs> um, and this this voice just, you know, when you're sort of 
you're bringing your guitarist up and you know, yeah. you're sort of picking, oh, oh, I don't know this song too well. I'll pick hard mode. You figure you have been kicked from the band. I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know what that. I don't know what, even what they're trying to say there. Obviously, no, it's no. A very it's, strange, very strange sounds... insult. But nevertheless, yeah, I can see why that that disturbs you. That yeah, no. Well, it's just uh, what you really want is to magically be, and this is, I think, what multiplayer video games are constantly trying to do mm. is that magic sweet spot of connection. Yeah, where everybody is playing with somebody on their skill level. Yes, and. Not only on their skill level, but on their kind of the level of effort they're willing to put in. Yeah, well, no, no, because it, I am not willing to put in very much effort to a video game anymore. No, exactly, and and so I'm not going to try. And, and that bit where you go in and go, well, you know, oh, each group needs a controller or a, a group leader who gives everyone's orders or keeps someone's skills. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm a maverick, you know. And uh, it's bad enough. It even reminds me when I was a kid and playing um, uh, role playing games. Bad enough playing role-playing games with your mates, yeah. All of whom you already have a connection with, but there are some of whom turn out to be a bit rubbish, or you know, let's just go and kill everyone. Or one you find just wants to go to the um, to the tavern and do things that, frankly, you don't want to discover your friends wanting to do yeah. to fictional characters. Anyway, well, we'll talk about fictional characters in a minute. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. but before we get there, uh, here comes the, the profound question of the of the okay. show, or so-called profound question. What has been lost to humanity that, if it had been found, would make the world a better place, Al? Um, well, I feel like uh, recently something that's been on my mind is the the demonising of the unemployed and uh, basically anyone who needs kind of monetary help from the state. Yeah. Uh, is being completely demonised from it at the minute. And that was not always the case, was it? And so you're not saying... Not to the, this extent. The loss here would be... I the, feel the, like we've lost uh, empathy, Yes, perhaps. No, I, I, I agree, I agree. And I can, I can definitely see that seems to be the current political and media narrative. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of the narrative of... Uh, as somebody who keeps their curtains closed constantly... <laughs> <laughs> rarely leaves the house, rarely gets up before noon. Yeah, um, full thinking time. And has, more often more often than not, answered the door to the postman in my pants. Right, okay. To a withering look and some scorn. You can see why the media might not be on your side at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Though, of course, not that you're unemployed. But... Well, this is it. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm not unemployed, but I don't actually have a real job. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering, because they, they're starting to get onto questions of how... Do arts benefit the nation monetarily? Mm. We're starting to get that conversation yeah, happening. Yeah. And do you know what? I, I'm not sure I do benefit benefit the nation. Uh, I, I kind of I'm part of the creative team on a product that sells, so mm. there's some there's some economic value to me. But really, wouldn't I be better employed down a mine? Well, possibly. However, you picked one of the many areas of industry we no longer have anymore. Oh yes, good <laughs> point. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I be better off? Selling a mine. Yeah, well, yes, indeed. But once they're sold, then what do you do? No, I know you're you're right. I think there is this, and there there is this sort of um, lead on language. The whole shirkers versus uh, yeah, scroungers. The term and, the term scroungers makes my blood boil. Yeah, scroungers, shirkers. The the idea that you can actually get by on anything but you know subsistence on uh, what we currently have as any yeah. kind of welfare support is ridiculous. And the fact that people choose to do this for a living. Um, is quite ridiculous. It is. It's absolutely and, ridiculous. No, there like, may be people doing that, but it seems like very well, very few would want to. If if there are people gaming the system, uh, these are always outlying cases. Yeah. 
small, tiny, tiny minorities. Like I think, I think the current level of benefit fraud is like less than a percent. Oh, it's tiny. It's, it's, it's less tiny. than a percent. Yeah, yeah. But these are what, what you have. It's outlying cases leapt on by the media to push a narrative that you know is in the interest of their owners to push. And yeah, we fought for this stuff. We we love it. We lap this up. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I always remember, I remember being a kid and um, being and talking about politics. With my parents and and them saying to me that. The difference between right wing and left wing was that um, left wing, if you saw someone in need, you would want to help them. Right wing, you would sort of say you would try and work out whether they really were in need or whether they were pretending or do your best <laughs> to get out of it. Or, you know, the fact that there are outliers yeah. is a reason not to fund everyone. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I agree with you. I think it is a, a difficult thing. And it's one that, it, as you say, it worries me because we expect our, our news media to be insightful for us to yeah. help us with that or at least present it more as it is well i think i think more and more we're kind of i mean newspapers in this country have sort of had, just, had that a long time ago yeah they've sort of we've stopped we've stopped trusting them a long long time yeah, ago yeah. i mean these days if you buy a newspaper you're pretty much buying an echo chamber yeah and you're sort of buying a political allegiance almost you'll say yeah. this, this is what i agree with yeah you know it's, it's the days when it would challenge you in that respect it's, yeah you, you nobody nobody Buys a newspaper for a challenge. No. I mean, possibly the Independent, the Telegraph. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the Independent is the paper you buy if you're really depressed <laughs> and you want somebody to tell you that everything is completely screwed. <laughs> it's it's going to be terrible. But have a very good cover for it. Oh, yeah. Not a really good cover. You but... can stare at that oil-covered cormorant frown. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, the, the Telegraph, it's right-wing, but they have a lot of columns saying... The current government are dreadful. Yeah, so that's okay. So, you know, they're sort of like... They'll question things a bit. They're a bit questioning about yeah, it. But and I don't think they're owned by the... They're not owned by the no. the same media conglomerates. No, or Paul no. Dacre. No, you know, indeed, they're, yeah. they're relatively independent. But I think what, what, what's, more, what's more disquieting is the kind of big uh, broadcast news media. Yeah. Who have TV. a veneer of um, balance to them. Though they misunderstand the word balance often. Yeah, well, um, particularly in America, they... I mean, we're you know we're heading that way. We're we're not anyone to talk, but yeah, uh, yeah. You've been the, to America a few times recently, yes, I and have. you've seen I, quite a lot of it. I so. go every well. I've seen quite a lot in New York. Yeah. I go I go to New York every year for um, uh, business reasons. Yes, <laughs> to uh, so it's tax deductible. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm really bad at deducting tax. Yeah. Um, well, because you think it's important to pay tax after. All. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I have I have no regrets. Um, well, you know, some. Yeah, <laughs> a few. Um, if I could sort of, if there were like little sliders I could put up and down to decide where my tax went. Yes, know. well, that would be nice, wouldn't That's it? That's the but ideal. That would be ideal. And, of course, I'm sure at that point now where we could do that. Yeah, but know. I think what would probably happen is that the hospitals and schools would get nothing and we'd just buy one giant missile. <laughs> or a gallows. A, a gallows, big gallows. A big, a big we'd gallows. just buy a big gallows. <laughs> and it would be there... People be walking to it constantly. Well, this is all right, all useful grist for the mill for yes, you yes, it the is. future. Um, I'm going to wrap up now, so I'm going to play okay. one more song in a second. But before we go, um, you've got a new book out. Yes, um, I'm, in, I'm in town for a book launch, the yes. book launch of my new book, which was yesterday and yeah. went as well as good. <laughs> yes, okay. You got some punters. I got some punters. I bought a copy. Yes, so you bought a copy. I bought a copy and said, do you That's want to come on the radio? Yeah. Um, I've read the first 50 pages. They're rollicking so far. Yeah, I, I think by the time this hits the internet... Uh, I'll have read it all. <laughs> I'll be gone. Yes, you probably will. So, yeah, I mean, the book will still be there. The beauty of a book, in some ways, is it's a permanent version of yourself 
in story form that people can buy in bookshops and stuff. I hope not, because the main character in this... It's called The Fictional Man. The main character uh, is quite unpleasant. <laughs> the main character is very unpleasant. Yeah, he is quite unpleasant. He's an incredibly unpleasant man. Yes. I've taken sort of small pieces from... Uh, small pieces from my own life, you know, enough to kind of... For he is a writer. Yeah, exactly. Enough. Yeah. Enough. I mean, one review said it was um, a bit of a Mary Sue. I'm, I think Mary Sue's more positive. I think this might yes. be an anti-Sue. Yeah, anti-Auntie-Sue. An auntie-Sue. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this might be a bit of an anti C, but it's it's basically, um, yeah, the main character is absolutely horrible. It's, uh, I'm going to try and do that thing when I pull the plot down to a sentence. Um, I'll let me can try. you do that? I'll give it, you, well, you I, it's, it. it's, You can always read, read the back. Do you have yeah, it with you? I, it's downstairs, unfortunately. Okay. But it's set, it's set in a world where in the mid-70s, yes. uh, cloning and um, artificial life, model decoys let's say are invented took a massive leap took a massive leap and uh set in our world pretty much with that extra bit of technology uh cloning is outlawed but the invention of or the building of fake humans fictional people fictional people uh has been common and has been mainly used by hollywood to um create the perfect lead characters in tv shows and films yeah and what kind of world would that be particularly if those people and if those shows get cancelled, yeah, and so on. and the main characters then wandering the world. Yes, they're out there, and also, of course, wouldn't it be nice to be a writer and have one of your characters be brought to life? Yes, there is so, that as well. It's uh, it's it's lots of fun so far, and um, and also there's there's a subplot with um two Sherlock Holmes getting together and solving the murder of another Sherlock Holmes. I I haven't read got, got to that bit yet, but that's 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 a. That's a an on, an on running subject. That's that's for the sequel. <laughs> that's in there, but it's, <laughs> well, uh, it's resolved in it's this. It's resolved in the yeah. well, but we'll see. If, if people no like, sequel. yeah, if people like Sherlock Holmes in particular, and he is a popular character. Well. There are two TV series, not one but two, and an ongoing film series at the moment with Sherlock Holmes in it. So that's, uh, that's a nice thing about Sherlock Holmes is that um, he's out of copyright. <laughs> he's out of copyright. I think there was somebody saying that uh, Superman is. I think within our lifetimes. Well, the US, because the US copyright laws are very different they to keep us, and they're a bit weird. It. They're really odd. Yeah, because because over here it's about the death of the, all your stuff stays in copyright um, 75 years after your death, yeah. but in the States it's after they're created. So it's uh, oddly one of their areas where that's why they keep extending it. Um, now, of course, the problem is that if, if it was after the death of the creators, then DC might have to say something about, who created it and they don't like having that conversation too well, much but it's kind of been had now I think that one in the courts anyway we've digressed yeah. again yes and we're not, we've got to wrap up because this is almost an hour long okay um, so one more track yeah um, tell you what let's get right into I'm assuming this is in date order so let's get right into 1983 with the very last track okay so this is going to be track 19 and let's see what it is thank you very much for coming along Al Ewing thank you very much yeah. 